Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the share. So this is in the morning, 15 minutes. Lessons in Yichaltu. Okay, we'll have to unpack Yud Gimel. So yesterday we're talking about the way of serving God with love, recognizing, appreciating how God created the world, Yeshma'ayin, that every single moment he's invested within us to make our world exist. And how amazing when you think about that and you understand that thinking about that means you have to know what it means. It's like, it's like let's say a game of uh, like a, a spot that you don't know about. You can't think about it. It's like, I'll tell you uh, Australian football. Probably most of you, if, any, if anyone knows what that means. So I can't tell you. I can't sit there for two minutes and tell you what it is and then say, think about it. There's brain on it. Really contemplate on it. Why? Because you don't, you don't know it. So too, with, with this idea, if we don't know it as well, and the way we know we know it is we start thinking about it and see how long it can take us. Either we know for sure we don't know it or... We think we know it, so we start thinking about it. And then you'll see how long how long you can last. And if you're like stuck, that means you need to learn more. You know, whereas let's say we talk about Australian football, I could sit and talk for a long time because I know it, I grew up with it, and I played and things like this. So that's what we're saying. When you think about these things and, and you think about how God is creation, created the world, and the difference between Il of Alu and Yeshmayin, you know, like we talked about that theater. And, and how it's constantly playing. And that's why we see the screen without that. So the more you think about it, that will that will produce within you a desire. And the word he uses is very nice. He goes, um, yeah. And you'll, you'll cleave your soul to godliness. With a, with a cleaving and a desire. And a thirsty soul to godliness. And that's all will happen. We talked about this, a very similar concept in Kuchetville. Um, yeah, and this is all what we're talking about. That's one way. That's through the love of God, either recognizing how he creates the world or how great, how awesome he is. That is, that is you know, in safe. Now we're going to talk about the humility. So just a, a preface, an important thing to understand when we talk about humility. Um, it, it's Humility doesn't mean... It never means that you put yourself down to make yourself feel worthless. That's it's totally not what it means. And we're going to see, and you're going to read it, and, and you have to pay attention to what you're saying. But when you'll see, humility recognizes how small I am in comparison to God. That's that's humility. That's what we're talking about, essentially. We'll see. So 13, page 98. In the previous chapter explained that there are two approaches to Abeda. Divine service, service through joy and service through humility. This chapter discusses the first approach. The, the, that chapter discussed the first approach. So we talked about that with, with joy and automatic humility. But if in our base, so the, the second way, the humility, the way of serving God through humility, this is the, through the way of loneliness. bitterness, on your distance. Now, Tanya talks about this difference between being bitter and being depressed. If you want to know if you're being bitter or being depressed, a simple, simple equation you, you, you ask yourself is what is this leading me to do? When you're bitter about something, 
it causes you, when you're bitter about something, it, it bothers you and it causes you to change. When you're depressed, that causes you to be lethargic and not do anything. And this is a simple way to test. You know, if you want to put yourself, if you say, you know, I recognize who I am, I recognize that I haven't, you know, let's say a person uh, hasn't done for the last six months, whatever it is, you know, I haven't been nice to my friends, I haven't uh, been, you know, whatever it is, whatever everyone has for themselves, that thought, how do you know it's coming from a good place? If it's mirrors, if it's bitterness, if it bothers you and, and it causes you to change that, that, that you know it's coming from the right place. And because it could be that you could be telling yourself things that are totally true. And it could be, you know, the, that you're doing things that, you know, a person is eating non-kosher. But if it's coming from a depression, it's, it's, it's not coming from a good place. It's, it's, you're not coming to help yourself. It, it could be true, but, but it's irrelevant if you know truly what's wrong, if you're not actually going to do anything about it. it because, because when you're depressed, it just makes it worse. And this is mirrors, bitterness. Bitterness is a powerful thing. It's like, it bothers me. I should be better than this. And this is, this is what he's talking about. You're bitter over the fact that you're distant from God. And it bothers you. I want to be closer to God. I live my life and I can recognize that I'm very distant from God. And I want to be much more connected. But I know, what does that mean? How do, what does it mean that you're separated from God? When you make an accounting, you pay attention to what's going on in your life. All your thoughts, speech, and action that aren't going towards God. So you, so you pay attention. You say, listen, in my day, I'm spending really minimum amount of time with God. And the rest of the day, I'm doing anything. I'm totally engrossed in the world. I don't even think about God at all. My thoughts, my speech, and action, they're not godly, God-centric. And even not in, in, in forbidden things, we're not talking about necessarily. He's saying, no, I'm talking about something that's us. Awesome. Just, just typical daily interactions. They're not infused with a godly purpose. And like we talked about before a little bit, you can be eating for a godly purpose so I can have a proper day and I can be healthy and I can have a davening, like I mentioned. I can, I can be nice to my friends and I can make a kiddush Hashem. Or you can eat because it tastes good and, and my stomach likes it, essentially. So that's what he's saying. We're not talking about even something else. For sure, something else is a problem. But just simple things. We're not doing it for that reason. We're doing permissible things. It's kosher. It's totally 100% permissible, but it's not for, for godly intent. Which is also good. It wasn't not good. Because like we said, like we talked about in Tanya, that, that, that you have to you have to sanctify yourself. Like he says here, he has in this footnote, it's very good, nice, he goes, so in Klippa you have Kedusha and Klippa's Noga and Shashu's Meis. Everything, or 95% of the world is Klippa's Noga. It's, it's a shell, it's, it's, covered, it's, shell, it's covered with a shell, and basically you reveal what's going to be, what's going to happen to you. The way you interact with that is how it's going to happen. If you interact with it for the good, positive, then, then you elevate it. If you interact with the negative, then it can go down. And he says, like, yeah, he goes, shame um, ra. Ra doesn't mean wicked. When we say ra, it means, he says over here, he goes, this is on the Altar of unique contribution to Tanya. Until then, existence was defined in three categories. Mitzvahs, or obviously positive. Sins, transgressions of God's will, and erishos. Activities left to man's discretion. Rishos means you can do whatever you want. It's permissible. Parv, the latter was considered a gray area, neither good nor bad. Dr. Rebbe explained that when Rishus is good or bad, 
whether shush is good or bad is determined by man. When a person carries out permitted, permitted physical activities for a spiritual intent, for example, he eats in order to, to derive energy to serve God, then eating is a positive spiritual activity, similar to a mitzvah. However, if he eats merely to fulfill his appetite, even if he recites the blessing beforehand and afterwards, he's doing something separate from God. And, and it doesn't mean necessarily they have to come before each bite and say, I'm eating Lashem Shemayim. It means, what am I doing today? How's my day looking? And, and how can I be the best, the best uh, Jew I can be? And, and let's say you go to work. So it means that I know when I go to work, I'm going to make sure to be a nice person. I make a Kiddush Hashem if you work amongst non-Jews. And if you're working with Yidin, you say, I'm going to have obviously soul. I'm going to, I'm going to do my job properly. That's what I'm meant to be doing. That's what I'm meant to be here. So now in order for that to happen, what do I need to do beforehand? I need to eat. What am I going to eat? Am I going to eat something like, am I, let, me make, let me make a choice. It's going to be a healthy choice. That's going to be beneficial for me to have the energy that I can have throughout the day. And, and then when you eat, your, your thoughts behind your eating is a, is, a, is a good thought, coming from a good place. And, and, and that's how you sort of start it. It's, it's, it's a thought process of what am I doing? And then, like we talked about before, that like your whole world is in sync because, because I'm eating so I can have a good day and I'm, and I'm having the good day based on what I've done. So my eating becomes part of the process, whereas it could be I'm eating what I like because I like it, and then I have to work, because I have to work, and then I've got to go learn later, and then I have to go learn later. They're three separate things. But whereas here, we're saying you can make one thing. But ultimately, most of the things in the world are this, this rishus that Tanya teaches us that without chassidus, it, it, it's fine. As long as you make a bracha, you're good to go. Whereas with chassidus, Alter says, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. Every life is not, is not compartmentalized. It's all one. It's unity. And therefore, when you eat, it also is part of the vayda. Yeah. So therefore, also when you do the good things, and therefore, because your whole aren't proper, so then even when you come to Davin and learn, it's not proper. Remember, this is this is a thought process you're having, rec essentially recognizing where you're truly holding, being a a master of accounts, paying attention to where you're actually holding. And when you realize that you're not nowhere near where you could be, that's also, again, it's not, it's not to put yourself down, but to recognize how far you could be. Yeah, it, it, you know, part of the mirrors, the bitterness, is recognizing that I could be much further along. Like you're much closer to God, have much more potential. And then when you make this, this accounting, it's not putting yourself down, but, but it, it, it's causing, it's bothering you that you could do a lot better. And that's why it's, it's motivating. It has to be motivating. That's what he's saying. So when you recognize all these things, also when you realize you're turning mitzvah, it's like we're doing so much better. Okay, you're doing like it's known, the whole mitzvah, yeshba, kavana, pratis, ba'avayda. And every mitzvah has a specific um, purpose. Like for example, tefillin, heim, the shabbat, the purpose of putting a tefillin is to subjugate your mind and your heart to God. That your mind and your heart should turn to God, only to God. Not that my, my heart has desires to cleave to God and also desires for the ice cream and has desire to play and desires to all these other things, but my desire is for God. It can express itself in doing all these other things. It could be through that desire also to go play and also go hang out with my friends and have a, you know, and hang out. But it's all stemming from the same desire. That's how it should be. But Dalad, Min, and Shabalov, like for example, the, the four species of the Lulav. Heim, Chiyu, Bukhenas, Achtos, which is the idea of Achtos. Pesra, Gashetevos, 
The first letter of the Esrog spells out um, that I should not come to even a, a foot of pride. And furthermore, that should be subjugated to God, that it should be God is, is my boss. Base kavanas and all these two types of intentions. Therefore, this is how it's meant to be ultimately. It's how you meant to do it. This is the, the best way of doing it. So, what happens if I'm not doing it this way? Oh, you only do it in a very cold way or just uh, by rote. It's a famous, famous saying, mitzvahs anashimul mother. Uh, habitual, it's a uh, mitzvah of learned people. I mean, because they've learned, they've learned so much, they just like they already know that you do it. You know, it's like people dive just like you know, done by heart and just you, you, your mind's elsewhere. There's a uh, uh let me uh, hopefully I'll, I'll remember and I'll say I'll say a quick story afterwards. But for and specifically, can you be in the and even more when you when you contemplate on the greatness and uh, the wonderfulness of God. That according to the truth, that his his exaltedness and his greatness, even the true avoid that you do is really insignificant. We'll consider like a sinful. Uh, we have to I guess go back on this tomorrow. It's, it's the whole thing. I can't. I don't want to go over time too much. But basically, essentially, the point is, in, in, what, we're, what we're saying here is another way. Of, of working on yourself to bring yourself in a good position to be able to have true obviously soul is is recognizing is being a master of accounts for yourself and, and having and recognizing that I'm not as great as I could be. I was talking to a friend of mine is his birthday and we're talking and I said to him, whatever you know I think one of the things that like I know I had had this for a long time and I've sort of worked on it a lot but it's it's so we're very hard on ourselves, and we think it's chassidish for some reason to be on like hard on yourself, but we don't realize it's not coming from a mirror, it's not coming from a bitterness that, that we, we stop lifting, but it comes from like a, a depression type or just, just it debilitates you. So, so I was saying, I'm scared that when I come to Shemayim, they're going to show me, you know, they say when you come to Shemayim, they're going to show you that like the joke goes, I'm not a joke, it's a serious thing, they show you a video. Of what you did and what you could have done. And so what do you think of it? What, that, what does that make you feel? It's like, oh, I better not do anything wrong because everyone's going to see, you know, and everyone stands around watching this video again. It's like, I'm going to see all the things. That's not good. We don't want that. It's embarrassing. But, but I said, I'm worried, not because of everyone seeing, but I'm worried because I'm going to see on the video how much I could have achieved. And, and like, and I could have, like, I could have been so much greater. And we just held ourselves back. And we gave ourselves all these excuses why, why we didn't achieve. But, but, you know, but we're here and we can achieve so much. And this is sort of the business that we're talking about, that you, you you recognize how distant you are from God and how much you want to get closer. And, and, and you make that your, your you know, your, your goal in life. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of the idea that we're talking about, that we want. I want to recognize this. And when you have this, it, it brings you to a, a bitterness, but it's a healthy bitterness. You know, a, a healthy business, it, it motivates you to, to push on. And when you do that, yeah, you, you get a lot more connected and you push yourself more. And this is sort of what he's discussing in this chapter. To be continued.
tomorrow.